Bibles this morning, I want you to turn with me to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, very familiar scripture this morning. Mark chapter 2, verse 1. And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway when many gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much as about the door, and he preached a word unto them. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. And notice this next verse. And Jesus saw their faith. He said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Let's pray. Brother Jeff Ewing, would you please pray this morning? Also, before I forget it, remember leadership class tonight, 5 o'clock. Amen. Here in Mark chapter 4, excuse me, Mark chapter 2, in these first five verses, there in verse 5, Jesus, uh, it says, When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto them, he, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. When he saw their faith, the Bible says there in Hebrews 11 and verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If we would have the title this morning, the title of the message would be, Can Jesus See Your Faith? Can Jesus See Your Faith? Here in the scripture, this is talked about about three different places in the Bible, and it's a, but this is the longest version of the whole story, but I just want to read those five verses there. Uh, it talks about how Jesus saw their faith when he was in a ship and he comes back to Capernaum. Well, Jesus returned to Capernaum about uh, after many months of preaching throughout Galilee, and the preaching tour had lasted probably some probably about twelve months, and he apparently here he returns to Peter's house as always. The news spread quickly, and now the crowds began to gather uh, and the the flood the house. Um, this is account of the. Uh, paralytic in Capernaum when he was healed and some friends of this man led him down through the roof of the house in order for the Lord Jesus to see him. The Lord healed this man because these four men brought him into the presence where the poor fellow could hear. Some very simple words but very powerful words. Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. 
And it was a wonderful word that this man, that came to this man. His friends wanted to get him there so he could be healed. But Jesus had more than just a healing for this man. As he always for us. He always has more than what we ask for if only we will open up and receive what he has for us. The Bible says Jesus saw their faith. Well, the question would be asked, how do you see faith? The Bible said there it's, it is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Well, notice what Jesus did here. He went about his primary mission there in verse 2, and he preached the word unto them. They had heard Jesus was back. They began to come in, and they filled the house. They're even standing outside in the streets. And uh, here's some friends of this man have brought him to the house and to see Jesus. And Jesus tells him, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. But know what Jesus did. He, he's preaching the word of God because they need to hear the word of God. They can put their faith and trust in that word. And he preached the word to them. And no doubt, some came for the ministry. Some came to hear what he had to say. Some came to be healed. Yet some came just out of curiosity. They just wanted to see what was going on. But notice here that Jesus put first things first. He preached the word of God to the people. And folks, that's what we've got to have today is the preaching of the Word of God, that people can hear the Word of God, put their faith and trust in that Word, and be born again and go to heaven. Amen. He proclaimed the Word of God to those men who were eternally lost. See, they, they, couldn't, they couldn't go to heaven. They wasn't going to the heaven. Some many had talked about, they'd heard about, they're hearing it preached about, but they got, you've got to put your faith and trust in the Word of God and what the, the work of Jesus Christ. And see, the scribes and the Pharisees here picked a good time to attend one of the Lord's meetings because of God's power. God was about to do something here on this day that they would not only hear, but they would also see this man. Uh, if leprosy illustrates the corruption and the defilement of sin, then palsy uh, is a picture of the paralysis that sin produces in a life. Here this man, his four friends got together and believe in God that if they come together and get this man to Jesus, then he could be healed. And as they come uh, and realize that this is what they were coming for, but my, what a blessing, what more that this man got. He, this paralytic man, he was unable to come to Jesus himself. He couldn't come on his own. He couldn't walk. He was hindered. And see, but thank God he had enough friends. He had four friends who were able to get him to Jesus. And these four friends here that he had were an example of how we should be doing whatever we got to do to get people to Jesus. And I want you to notice this morning that because they came, the Bible says uh, there in, in uh, verse 2, And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them, not so much as the, about the door. And then he said in, the, in verse 3, And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born afore, and when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let it down. They come, and the, the, it's crowded. But they didn't give up. They saw the crowd. But they didn't give up and say, well, there's a big crowd there. I'm not going in. They didn't give up and say, well, there's a crowd there. So, so uh, we're just going to quit and go home and maybe we'll catch him at a later date. That wasn't, the, that wasn't the attitude. I want you to know, how do you see, how can see just Jesus see our faith? Number one, he will see a determined faith. He said here, 
uh, uh, they, did, they, they went up and they, they saw what was going on, but they went up around to the back of the house, no doubt some steps there or something, and they got up on top of the house. And I can imagine this morning being sitting in the house or seeing Jesus, noticing the crowd and he's a preaching, but all of a sudden somebody starts taking the roof off and I could just see him maybe stopping or slowing down his speech to see what's happening. That they're taking the roof off of the house. There wasn't nobody else up there taking the roof off. Nobody else came trying to come through the walls. But they are determined that they are going to get to Jesus, whatever it takes, on behalf of their friend, that their friend needs something from God and they're not going to quit and they're not going to give up. A determined faith. Jesus can see a determined faith. He saw what was in their hearts. To begin with, they had faith, faith that Jesus would heal him. They had the faith. To believe that if they could just get him to Jesus, that he could be healed. I believe the man had the faith that if he could just... But he was coming for a healing. But he was going to get more of a healing than what he really thought he was going to get. Their love for the man united them in their efforts so that nothing discouraged them, not even the crowd at the door. And notice, we look through the Bible and read through the Bible how tragedy it is when spectators stand in the way. Zacchaeus had that problem. And folks, there's many this morning that are spectators. They're not going to come in, but they're going to stand in the way so nobody else can come in. They may, they may go to church. You may be here this morning and you, you're not even sure, you, you're not saved, you don't know God, and you think that there's nothing to it, and you're a spectator, but people look on you and you, you talk about going to church and, and the Lord and those things, but really you've never fully accepted Him as yourself, and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, believing that He's the Son of God, He died on the cross for your sins, He was buried and He arose the third day. You just come, like for some of these, the curiosity, to see what's going on. But praise God this morning, some were spectators, but some were there, they come for something. These four men brought their friend, they were expecting and looking for something from the Lord. They couldn't get in the door, so they went on the roof, they began to remove the tiling. The Bible says, bear you one another's burdens, and so feel the law of Christ. In Galatians 6, 2, they, they had a burden for this man, they wanted to see him healed. They wanted somebody, they wanted to get him to someone that could help him. They couldn't help him, but they wanted to get him to somebody that could. Jesus here could have simply just healed the man and sent him home. But he was going to do much more than just that. That's why there's so much more to going to church and being in the house of God than just walking in the door. God wants to do something for you. God wants you to believe in Him that He can do whatever it is above and beyond anything you can ask, say, or think. God has that for every one of us if only we will just believe. We let our problems, we let our troubles, we let our trials, we let a little hindrance come and it removes us from the place. We get right to the place where God wants to do something and that's where we stop. And we don't go that next step. They could have got to the house and said, that's it. Friend, the house is full. We can't get there. Look at all these people. So we're going to take you back home and maybe we'll see Jesus another time. They didn't do that. They, they done whatever they had to do. They crawled to the top of the house, took the, began to remove the tiles. And whenever they got him lowered in there and Jesus saw their faith, Jesus looks at this man and, and he says, man, thy sins are forgiven. See, he, the, because nobody, one of the things Jesus done, when he done this, is he forgive the man of his sins because nobody could look at the man and tell he was any different. See, they couldn't look. When I, the night you got saved and I got saved, people, when I say I got saved, I looked the same. I didn't look no different. You didn't either. But Jesus 
told this man, man, thy sin, and he forgive him, and then he heals him. See, he does something that they can't see, and then he does the, the miracle of healing the man that he can walk, and he rises up. If you read the scripture, you'll find that he rises up out of his bed, and he walks, he leaps upon his feet, because they could see that. So if they saw what he, that he did leap, then they'd have to believe that his sins could be forgiven. And see, obviously here, I could just see Jesus standing there. And as they began to bring him through the roof, and probably a couple minutes went by because this man, there's four of them carrying a the man on a stretcher. And I thought this morning uh, about, it, boy, I wish they had one of them army cots this morning and have somebody up here. How hard it, it wasn't an easy task. Boy, if you've ever been a pallbearer in a funeral, you'll find out that that casket don't weigh 20 pounds. <laughs> it's heavy of it itself. But whenever, when you lift that and you begin to, uh, that, that there, that it was work. It wasn't an easy thing that they did. But Jesus saw their faith acted out in their determination was they didn't give up just because there was a crowd. They didn't give up because the door was full and people standing out in the street. If they could get just get their friend to Jesus. Just get him there that he could just touch him or, or, or however he wanted to do that. They knew that their friend could be restored. But the first words Jesus said unto this paralyzed man was, My son, thy, your sins are forgiven. He needed the spiritual healing. He had the faith to believe in that, he could be, that Jesus could heal him. But not only the physical healing, but also Jesus said... My son, your sins are forgiven. The man needed a spiritual healing, so Jesus forgave his sins. And then Jesus healed the man. Notice these people, his friends here, they sought help. They realized they couldn't do it themselves. They had probably tried and done many things for him. But here, they can't do anything to help him because he's a paralytic. And the man had sought the help of his friends, and they were all seeking the help of Jesus. This man was unable to help himself. And friend, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you cannot help yourself. You can't live good enough. You can't, you can't give enough. You can't work enough. You can't do anything enough. And if you're here this morning and you've got a friend that's lost, you can't save them. You can invite them to church. You can be one of these four friends that does everything you can do to get them to Jesus. The little girl at the cafe, every week I invite her to church, I invite her to church. And that's the way we should be about people uh, that we meet along the way. Because they don't come Sunday, don't mean we should never invite them again. It's, it's just to keep on. See, the, the same here was true of, of all the friends of the man. They were unable to provide, they couldn't, even, they couldn't touch and help him in his wholeness, and they certainly couldn't forgive him of his sins. They could forgive him what he had done to them, but they couldn't forgive, they couldn't forgive him of his sins to get him to heaven. They too knew that they needed help themselves. They needed the help of Jesus and of one another. And it's always necessary to have the help of Jesus. There's never a time in your life when you don't need the help of the Lord. There's not a time in your physical life, your spiritual life, that we don't need Jesus. Not only do we see here that a determined faith, that Jesus can see a determined faith, but we see a faith that believed. A faith that believed. You say, well, that's the same thing. No, it's not. You have to have a faith here. Well, let me get, don't get ahead of me. Jesus can see a faith that is believed. Do you really believe that that you say you have faith in. Do you really, really believe that? Most of us believe we have faith 
more faith in our car than we do God. We know that if we get our key out, stick it in the switch, crank it, it's going to go down the road. We take it for granted. It's, uh, we, we just believe, we put my key in the car, it's going to happen. That's believing. Okay, if I do that, then it's, it's going to happen. But Jesus can see your faith that is believed this morning. He knows what you really, really believe. That that you really put your faith in, you really believe. They believed and they had confidence in Jesus' power to forgive sins and to heal. They believed if they came, if they just came, that Jesus had the power to help. I hope and pray this morning as you come to Solid Rock Baptist Church this morning, that you come believing that your need that you have, that Jesus can help. If you just believe Him and be patient. Sometimes we, you've heard us a thousand million times. You can put your prayer in the top and get the answer at the bottom. Many times, sometimes it don't work that way. Many times it don't work that way. More than likely, it's not going to work that way. But we pray and we believe God and Jesus had the power to help and He loved and cared enough to help. So they came to Jesus. And it, it was inconvenient. And it was difficult. But they just didn't quit. They had a determined faith. They believed that's what kept them going. They disbelieved if they could just get Jesus, get him to Jesus. They would, they would have to pick up his bed and carry it through the streets. They would have to fight the, or the huge crowds. But making it possible to get the bed through the throng of people, what belief, what disbelieving. We're not going to quit. We're not, Jesus is over there. It may have been at Peter's house. I'm not sure, but they, that's what they think. Uh, the commentary say probably at Peter's house. But they went and here's the great crowd. And you know, this morning, it would have been awful easy for them to just to say, well, you know, he's been crippled all his life. You know, that lost person that you know that's lost and done on their way to hell, they've been lost all their life. But you know, if they die, they're not going to heaven. They don't have no hope. Sometimes it's hard to witness to people. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes through my lifetime, God has sent me to places or took me to places, and I've been in places where I thought, Lord, God, please, not here, but that's exactly where God wants us to be, to tell somebody about Jesus and just to be that witness. But they had the very kind, this very kind of desperation and belief that they had was necessary for the forgiveness and for the healing of this man. It was a great faith. It was a faith that focused on one's belief. Uh, a great faith is focusing on one's belief on Jesus Christ. It's centering one's attention and conviction on Him that He alone is the answer. And folks, He alone is the answer for every problem that we have. He alone is the answer for every problem that we have. See, uh, he, for, for the needy and for the helpless and for the world, and no matter who they are, He's the answer. A great faith is acknowledging that, that a need does exist and must be met. Sometimes we don't want to admit that there's a need. When I was lost and undone without God, I thought I was a good old boy. I'm a good old boy from Henry River. I mean, everybody's a good old boy in Henry River, except the people outside of Henry River didn't think all them boys in Henry River was good boys. They thought it was mean as the devil. Most of them was. But a great faith also is doing all you can do to meet that need. That person, that whatever it is, whether it's a physical need. Many in the church face huge physical needs. 
They have diseases, and, and to them, they've got to have the Lord. They've got to have Jesus. They've got to need, they need Him. They won't get through the next time, the, the next day, without knowing that Jesus is there. See, these men all did what they can do. They went through the great effort. They went to the disabled friend's house. They made him a pilot, and they carried him through the crowd. And see, notice here that the faith Jesus saw was a faith that believed and persisted against all kinds of obstacles. A faith that really believed and persisted. They didn't quit. They just believed with all their heart. We see a determined faith that Jesus can see a determined faith. We see a faith that's believed and Jesus can see a faith that it, He knows what you believe. He can see, we, we, we act out upon our faith. Thirdly, we see a faith that persisted. And Jesus can see that persistent faith. Can Jesus see your persistent faith this morning? Can He see your determined faith? Can He see the faith that you really do believe exactly what you believe? When you say, well, I'm just going to trust God. I'm going to believe God. God wants to know we mean that. And He's a looking. And He's a seeing. A faith that, that we really do believe. And we're going to do whatever we got to do to get to that point. To, to get to the Lord. They persisted. No matter the difficulty, which was enormous. They just had the thought. The crowds were huge. Much too large to get through with Jesus. But they didn't give up. They went around to the side. And they worked and they planned. And they, they, they got to where they needed to be. And folks, sometimes you and I have to spend a lot of time in prayer to get to God. And to, get to, to bring our petition to God. Our supplications to God. Our intercessions to God. And to get them to Him. And for Him to, to work out the things that He needs to work out. For those things to come to pass. Jesus was there, but they, they had to do something. They had to get Him there. And see, there were the friends of great faith. Their faith. It was their faith that got the man there. And no doubt the man on the pallet there, he wanted to be healed and he wanted them to help him. But their faith, their faith was great and it was persistent. I want you to notice this morning that all four of these men were in agreement that they had to get their friend to Jesus. When God looked at their faith, when they carried that pallet in there, it was all, there was one man carrying that pallet. They all had to fight the same fight. They all went through the same things. They, they all saw the crowds. They all saw the battle. Any one of those four could have said, I'm not going in there. They could have said, I'm going there. Somebody might know me. Or they could have said, we'll just wait out here by the wayside and we'll catch Jesus when they come out. But they were in agreement. And folks, you and I this morning, Mirrors of Solid Rock Baptist Church need to be in agreement. We need Jesus. We need our church to get to Jesus. And we need our pastor, Miss Darlene, and their family need Jesus as they've never needed him before personally. They need him. And we have to come in agreement as there's one person sitting in this church that we're going to get our pastor, our church, and our pastor to God. We don't have just a good church. We have a great church. Yeah. And you're part of it. I'll guarantee you, after this man was healed, he looked at those four men and said, Man, that's my four best friends. Look what they've done for me. Look what they did. But it ain't about us. It's all about the Lord. In our church this morning... 
It's one of the greatest places in the history of this church for God to put His self on display. He's been doing it. He's been doing that. Hence our theme this year, Renew. The Lord was already doing some renewing. And He put it on the pastor's heart. This is going to be our theme to renew. And folks, we come this morning with thankful hearts that we have a God that knows all things and He can do all things. They didn't get this man to Jesus. And Jesus said, oh, I don't know about it. I don't think I can do that. He didn't say, well, I'm feeling a little under the weather this morning. I don't think I can do that. I'm preaching to this crowd, but after that I'm going to... But he he met the need there. And see, a great faith persists until that need's met. That, That determined faith, that believed faith, that persistent faith... Keeps on believing until that need's met. Jesus said, I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. He said, if you ask, you're going to receive. Remember where two or three are gathered? There was four carrying this litter. There's a whole lot more than three here this morning. And we, can, we need to believe God to come together as your one. That God, number one, God's going to save souls. And God's going to touch the sick and afflicted. And the Word of God's going to be preached that people can hear. This, this church is a lighthouse on this hill. We talked in Sunday school this morning. There's places right here in the United States that whole towns and counties do not even have a church, an independent, fundamental, Bible-believing church. They have to travel for miles and miles if they even care enough to even travel at all. But Jesus will never fail to acknowledge that persistent faith. He saw the faith of these men. He couldn't miss it. Their faith, their faith caused them to persist. Quitting was not on the table. And maybe you're here this morning and you've been thinking about quitting. Folks, if you're saved this morning... Quitting's not on the table. Should not be on a should take it off the table. Because if you leave it on the table, you've heard it. How many times have you ever heard this? You put it on the table, you're going to exercise it one day or another. You'll quit. Determined, not going to quit. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Now, folks, the church is doing great. The church is doing great. God is God is doing so much around here. It's unbelievable what all God's doing. But it's His doing. That's why it's unbelievable because He done it and He is doing it. But notice that the act of these men spoke, the, the very act of these men spoke much louder than their words. You don't read anywhere in here that these four that were carrying this litter ever opened their mouth. They don't, they don't never say one word. It was their actions. They had faith and believe it. That if they could get this man to Jesus, that he could be healed. But these men said nothing so far as it's known. They just brought the man to Christ. And folks, when that act or behavior is present, there's just no need for words. People called me yesterday, how's the preacher doing? He's out visiting. No, how's the preacher doing? Uh, He's out visiting. He's out visiting. (laughs) He had a stroke on Wednesday and is on visitation on Saturday. That's just God. That's just the Lord. See, that's faith. That's faith. And what a lesson in faith. Faith is not 
profession. Oh, I'm going to just believe God. Well, good. Keep your mouth shut and believe God. Let the actions put on display your faith. Jesus didn't ask them, oh, do you have the faith? But he saw their faith by their actions of everything that they done to get this man to, to him. And notice that faith is not words. It's action. I'm going to, we should pray and believe God. But boy, when it comes down to faith, it's just believing. God's going to take care of this. And then when God does, let everybody know. Let everybody, this man leaped up off his feet and he went running. See, we see the compassion of Jesus. And the greatest need here with this crippled man is, was he needed to be forgiven his sin. Jesus saw, yeah, you think you've got a need, but there's a greater need that you have. And folks, we all have greater needs than what you really think that you have. And folks, we need the Lord. But note that these friends here and this disabled man, they already had the faith because that faith was what got them there in believing God. And that's what's got us here. To 2017, March the 26th, was faith and believe in God. Who would have ever thought, Brother George, when we was down there in that white building, when we and Karen first came to the church, we was down in that white building, and I'd never been in a church that wanted to grow. Everybody was always satisfied. Well, we got our 35 or 40, and we got ours and no more, you know. But, man, when we come here, it's different. The preacher, I told the preacher about three months, I said, I've never been around pastors like you do. You pastor this church with your heart and your life. And he's given it. And folks, that's even more reason for us to come together as one and believe God for our church, for our pastor, for one another, for all those sick and afflicted, some facing surgery even in the morning. They need to know there's people back here carrying the litter and believe in God. He said, Be it known to you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you for the forgiveness of sins. That's the only hope people have is they need help with their sins. But note that these friends here, the disabled men, they had the faith, and that faith is necessary for one man's sins to be forgiven. Somebody's got to believe God for that person that don't know the Lord. All men are disabled and sick spiritually. That's why we must possess some qualities, these qualities uh, of faith that's determined, a faith that's believed, a faith that's persistent. See, we, we must be obsessed with the mission of getting the disabled to Christ. We must cling to that helpless and hope. That's why, that's why we visit people. That's why the bus ministry is to plant the seed of the Word of God in the heart of these children. That's why patch clubs are important. That's why leadership classes are important. That's why Sunday school is important. That's why preaching time is important. That's why this church is here to present Jesus to a lost and dying world. And we must acknowledge Christ's power to help any, behind any question. He's the one leading. He's the one. It's His. As I was reading this past week, uh, this, yesterday about the cross and, and how that cross was Jesus' cross to bear. No other man could go to that cross and do what Jesus did. He went to that cross to die for our sins. And we must be persistent. We must persevere until we get to the Lord. We can't save nobody. I've heard people that said other people saved them. I thought, yeah, that looks like some of your work. The preacher used to accuse me of a man, one of my ex-church members. <laughs> that's your church member. I said, no, that's your construction worker. <laughs> uh, I heard them, they put a tent up around Hellerbrand, and, and a man told that pastor, he said, oh, yeah, that, 
and I won't call his name, he said, he saved me. And I thought, yep, that's, that looked just like something he'd do. But Jesus didn't. <laughs> Jesus saved him. He wouldn't have been standing with a beer can in his hand. But Jesus saw their faith. The faith of the friends as well as the sick man. The, the faith of the friends had that large part of him being forgiven. And folks, today somebody, somebody's got to tell people, boy, I thank God every day for the man that God used to, to lead me to the Lord. That he just simply took time out of his work day to tell me about Jesus. And see, the Bible says, and you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all of your heart. And Jesus himself forgive this man of his sins. He didn't say, man, God forgives you. But he said, I forgive you. Man, I forgive your sins. Jesus said, I know that thou canst do everything and that no thought can be withholding from thee. And folks, I think right there is where we sell God short is we don't really believe sometimes that God can do what we're really asking Him to do. And that's where that faith believed stops. Yeah, I know God you can, but I just don't think you will. Well, God may not, but we need to ask God whatever your will is. What, what's your will? Because I guarantee you this morning, this man in this litter this morning would tell you if he could stand here this morning, what preaching you would hear this morning in the fact of what Jesus done for him. And he was telling somebody what God had done for him. And see this morning in, in closing, there, there's many people who are not going to receive the message of salvation this morning unless you and I lift the corner of that litter ourselves. That stretcher they brought in him. Somebody has got to go and lift that corner and make that effort and have that faith in believing that that person that you're, that's on your heart or on your mind, that they will get exactly what needs and to carry them to the place where they can hear the Word of God and get to the Lord. Folks, you got, they got to hear the Word of the Lord. They're paralyzed. They're, they're immobilized by their sin. Notice this man was a paralytic. He couldn't move. He couldn't do it for himself, but somebody, he had four friends there that loved him enough and believed enough that whatever it took, that's what they were going to do. Some folks today are paralyzed by their prejudice. Some are paralyzed by their indifference. Some are paralyzed by their sin, their habits, their evil imaginations, by their pride by their unforgiveness, by their covetousness. They're paralyzed, and they can't get to the Lord. Through the church bathrooms, we put up the Ten Commandments because we need to know what thus saith the Lord. If you can just get one of those in your heart a week, in ten weeks you'll have them all. If we can just get the, what God wants us to do, and be obedient to what God wants us to do. So a, a question I guess I'd ask this morning is... Can Jesus see your faith? I really ask myself in preparing this. Boy, boy, Lord, I think I've come short. I think maybe sometimes, maybe Jesus, you could see my faith. Because I had nowhere else to go. You know, as the old saying goes, the woman says, well, it's time to pray. And the other one says, well, my God, did it come down to that? <laughs> That's kind of where we live sometimes. But can Jesus see your faith this morning? If you're here lost this morning, you don't know the Lord, the Bible teaches us that God gives you a measure of faith that you can believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He died on the cross for your sins. And if you'll use that measure of faith and just believe that Jesus is the Son of God, He died on the cross for your sins, and He was buried and He arose this morning, you believe that's who He is with all your heart, mind, and soul, and you ask Him to forgive you of your sins, 
then you this morning can be saved. Your sins can be forgiven just like the man in the litter. And you've got more than four here praying this morning for you that you would put your faith and your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. See, the Bible says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Folks, it's impossible for us to please God without faith. We can't, we can't please God. Being in church this morning, good. That's good. But what pleases God is for us to have faith, to believe in that when we come, God could do that, that that we're looking for Him to do. And believe in God to take care of that poor lost soul, to save them, to take care of the church, to, to touch and heal those that are sick and afflicted, to touch and do that great work, whatever it is, whether it's a, a, a financial situation or a marriage situation, whatever it is, is to have that, that determined faith and that faith that's believed and that faith that is just persistent. God, I'm going to keep on and keep on and keep on, God, until you move and until you answer. And sometimes for us, we have to be very sensitive to the Lord because sometimes God says, no, that'll hurt you. And that's the answer. But I'm going to keep praying. God's not going to give us something that'll hurt us. Sometimes I think He lets us try some things and help us to understand, hey, shouldn't have been praying for that. I remember one time I was praying and I heard this preacher say, he said, Brother, I'll tell you right now, I'm praying that God will just withhold the blessings from me so I'll learn to appreciate the ones I got. I thought, man, that's good. I'm going to pray that. And I did. I'll not do that no more. I'm telling you right now. Sometimes things sound real spiritual. They're not. I learned something from that. Is that I want everything God has for me. I want everything God has for me. Because... Not only do I want it, but I learned that God wants me to have it. And He's going to give me exactly what I need, and it's going to be good. But I honestly believe God answered that prayer. I told my wife after about four months, I said, Bless God, I ain't never going to pray that prayer again, and I ain't never going to go hear that man preach no more. (laughs) But if you're here lost this morning, you can believe God. Preacher, you want to come up or you want me to close it? Let's all stand. Miss Sarah.